Hello and welcome to another episode of Downton Gabby, where we analyze the latest episode of Downton Abbey from a funny feminist bellmouth perspective. I'm Shannon in Oakland. I'm Brandy in Los Angeles. And I'm Teresa in Brooklyn. So we had some barroom brawls. We have some plans to steal babies. We've got some things happening in this episode. Some things. Not a lot of things. Some things. We A couple things got wrapped up. So, uh... As we asked for last week, Rosamond arrives, swooping in, wearing some amazing hats and coats, and ready to knock some sense into Edith, although I don't, I don't really think that's possible at this point. Well, what do you mean by sense? Define sense. Like, sense for me would be like, this is a really like bad situation, but you kind of need to let it go and just... Do, basically do what Mr. Drew says she should, just back off for a little while, and then try again. I don't really see a better plan. and Well, I guess certainly Rosamond and Violet's plan is not any better. No. I, I think the best plan is for her to take the child as her own. I think, what is what are we protecting her reputation for? No one's trying to get her married. She's basically a recluse spinster at this point. So what... What are we protecting her reputation for? Well, it affects the family's reputation, too. I mean, you would have a family scandal if your unwed daughter had a child. So it's not just about Edith, although I definitely have all kinds of issues with with the Edith storyline at this point, including the fact that, like, she's not married. Um, when she could have gotten married, her family wouldn't let her get married and like completely freak the fuck out of, um, what's his name? Anthony Stroud. Anthony Stroud. Right. Yeah. Uh, they were like relieved when she got left at the altar, like a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Like make up your mind. Do you want her married or do you not want her married? You know, it's, it's a really weird. And then the other thing about Edith that's been frankly bugging me all season is that like she's, a magazine publisher and she writes a regular column about women's issues and we never see that storyline. We just spend every single week wallowing in Edith's sad, reclusive, marigold stalking life without any mention of this actual career and probably fairly prominent place in, you know, London letters. It's so weird. Well, that's why I think this storyline isn't working for Edith anymore. Look, she she has not followed the system at all. She fell in love with a married man, got pregnant with his baby, wants to keep the baby. She's also publishing a column about modern women's issues. It's like, I feel like she just needs to embrace that she is rebelling against the system and just do it instead of this trying to straddle both worlds and then stalking this very nice family. I suddenly have a suspicion that if anyone in the family actually read her column, they would have put the entire story together by now. Like, she's probably writing about the plight of, like, not being able to get a divorce easily and the stigma against unwed mothers and all of totally. this. And no one knows. It's true. You're totally if right. If they only read the, the magazine she writes for, they'd all know. But, you know, we, it's like it's like our conversation about Miss Bunting, like somebody is writing her this way, right? I mm-hmm. mean, we all know that she's not a real person, right? So um, you do know that, right? Sometimes yeah. I wonder if I know that. 
Yeah. Is this a question for yourself? <laughs> I'm asking myself. Um, but, but I mean, she's, again, she's being written this way. So this is an act of choice to just make her miserable all the time and a loser and co to completely overlook, uh, whatever literary, um, you know, notoriety she must have at this point for being the Earl's daughter who writes the regular column on women's issues. Totally. And I, it's becoming that she's not the only victim here. Now we've got Marigold, who's going to be ripped from a loving family and thrown into a foreign boarding school with no family. And then we have poor Mrs. Drews, who's been nothing but an amazing adoptive mother. And I am just feeling so upset for her that she's done everything right. She loves Marigold. She protects her. She provides for her. And now she's going to get this child ripped from her. And she's being totally yeah, gaslighted, I think, by her husband. Oh, yeah. And there's this, like, throwaway line in the conversation with Edith and Rosamond in Rosamond's bedroom where she's like, oh, I wrote to the Swiss woman and she adopted another baby. Like, okay, well, they're not that just easily replaceable. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not like you ruined her rug and she bought another one. Like, you were just right. wreaking havoc in people's emotional lives everywhere. And, I mean, if she is going to take the baby back, then... I, she needs to do it now and she needs to do it out in the open because otherwise how are the Drews going to explain where the fuck this baby went? Right. And then we're going to have those investigators back. And how are they going to do double <laughs> duty trying to figure out where Marigold is when they're trying to solve the death of Mr. Green? They have lots of people to put on these cases, obviously, if it's happening, you know, near oh my Downton. God. Yeah, we are not in a recession in this time in the police force, my God. As much overtime as you want. <laughs> just, just solve that Mr. Green murder. Yeah, just find out why this Pratt fell in front of a trolley. <laughs> just <laughs> like a year ago. Uh. Like, I, would, I would love to survey how many people on Twitter are begging for this storyline to just disappear quietly. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard a lot from, you know, in previous seasons we had a lot of Bates defenders when we would do our Fuck You Bates <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm not hearing a lot of defense of Bates these days. <laughs> no. no. No, none at all. But it's more like, fuck you, Sergeant Willis. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. But not even him, because he doesn't care. You know, he's just like, oh, hello, hi, I have to ask you a question. Yeah, I'd love some tea, thanks. You know. <laughs> he's just going for the tea. He's probably mm -hmm. going to ask Mrs. Pat we're on a date. <laughs> it's a matter of time. I love that. I love that. She... She could use a date. She needs some fun in her life. I mean, now that she's an investor. Yeah. Right. That's great, by the way. I'm excited about Mrs. Patmore having some property. I wanted her to go on a trip. I really wanted to see Mrs. <laughs> Patmore, like, at the French Riviera. <laughs> and then she stops by a boarding school and sees a child that looks so much like Eden. <laughs> I was visiting my cousin's wee little granddaughter and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I have to once again bring up the awesome TV miniseries Lace, where oh. the, this little girl is dumped with some family who ends up dying in the war, and she's left to become a prostitute on the streets of Paris, and then an internationally famous film star, eventually. It's all on YouTube. You can watch it. <laughs> of course. It. Yeah. Anyway... Marigold is going to be that person. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's not many good options for Marigold right now. Who is Edith calling in London? Someone to, like, 
I don't know, arrange, if she's going to take the baby, she has to make arrangements. That's kind of what I was assuming, just vague arrangements. I was guessing that too, that she was making some kind of arrangements in London to take the baby there. And it would live with another family? No, no, I, and her and with and run away is what I'm assuming at yeah, this point. Yeah, me too. Me mm. too. That she would take the baby and run off to London, and she's making some kind of arrangements for her life in London. Well, she's probably been making her own income with the column, so she may have some independent income. She definitely does that. have some because she used some of her own money to go to France. Like, Rosamond paid mm-hmm. for some of it, but I, I remember them talking about, like, how... And then she was going to use her money to, like, sponsor Marigold, so... Do you think that, you know, if she went underground with Marigold, I mean, she'd probably be living on a lot less money than she is now. Do you think she can do it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm envisioning a scenario in which, like, the only person that she talks to is Tom... And he, like, helps her figure out the real world or something. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget that um, if if Michael's dead, it's now her magazine. She's, like, the she's That's the right, publisher right. of the magazine, which... Well, they still haven't explained to us yet what the, like, legal ramifications of are actually are and whether she actually is in charge of the magazine. So hopefully at some point they do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love... What if she just is like, fuck you all. I'm taking my baby, I'm living in an apartment in London, and I'm running this magazine. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Take control of your life. Stop letting these outdated rules that don't serve you make you depressed. I think that would be so awesome. But given the way she's been treated, do you really think there's going to be a turnaround where, I don't know, I think it would be great. I would I would watch they that forgave show. Sybil. They forgave Sybil. She ran off with the chauffeur. To Ireland. Forgave her, they killed her. Well, <laughs> that's yeah, extreme. My concern <laughs> at this point would be whether Julian is even capable of writing a storyline in which Edith is happy for more than 20 minutes of one episode. Right. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. If I was Laura Carmichael, I would be like, I'm getting frown lines here. Can I like do anything else? But you know, you know, for Laura Carmichael, I think that this is a great role because she gets to do all this melodrama, you know, so so there's always some, you know, thing going on with Edith. So even though it's a little bit boring, yeah. it definitely allows her to do all this sort of dramatic, I don't know, dramatic stuff. It's probably, it's probably fun to throw a fit in the boarding or the drawing room like every week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but going back to the family supporting her. I think Mary would support her because Mary's all about this unconventional life right now. She just boned a dude in Liverpool <laughs> and broke up with him. No, Mar- Mary. I think hates Edith. I think it would bring. The- I think it would bring them together. No way. I don't think that's ever going to happen. No. Be- We've never tried this. We've never tried <laughs> it. You're very optimistic. I just really want her to take control of her life. I'm sick of seeing her be a victim. Yeah. The best was when she was in control of her life in London with the man she loved. It was the happiest she's ever and been. And she looked great. And yeah. by the way, she looked great visiting the farm with Rosamond. They both were wearing really A++ outfits. Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, really? that whiff of London coming in and just, you know, everyone dresses better. Speaking of whiffs coming in, let's <laughs> talk about the tan man. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that Paco Rabanne I smell? <laughs> so we've been rooting for Cora to to have a little fling. But when it came down to it, I think he ruined the sexiness with that desperation and the pushiness. And I was glad that she turned him down. Yeah. It got creepy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was kind of worried he might rape her for a while. It was, there was border, you know, it was not consensual for a while. He was just pushing his way and pushing his way and she kept protesting. So I was actually happy when Lord Grantham came in because I was like, where is the scene going? Nowhere good. Yeah, it was creepy. I agree. I was no longer rooting for them to do it because it was just like, ew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's just nothing sexy about a guy in a dressing gown. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> no. Yeah, there's, there was nothing sexy about it at all. And But the, the fight? <laughs> oh, it's a great fight. Amazing. Really good fight. And then her lame, oh, we're just playing a game. I mean, if you're not talking what? about bondage, a sex what are you game. talking about? Yeah. What else could it be besides a sex game in there? <laughs> like, we were playing chess and things got out of hand? <laughs> okay, Brandy, you and I are going to role play. I'm Edith, you're Cora. Mother, is everything all right? Oh, it's it's fine. What did she call her? She called her like... Poppet. My, my poppet. It's fine. <laughs> But your father and I are just playing a little game. And then you hear the whip crack. (laughs) (laughs) The jingle of some handcuffs. Lord Grantham muffles out a reply, but he has a gag on. It's one of those ball gags in his mouth. Yeah. 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 Your father just came home early to scale the castle wall and come in and (laughs) ravage me. Like, what the? I don't know. Uh. Edith. And like, Ugh. Edith is an adult too. It's not like it was like a, it wasn't like Sibby or someone coming in. It was like, Edith is an adult. Can't you just be like, there's been a tussle between two men. It's fine. Like what? I did not understand like, it. Edith, you're a woman of the world. Yeah. Write about this, Edith. Oh my God. Could you imagine Edith's next column? <laughs> it's about how maybe opening up your marriage can make things a little exciting. <laughs> I just have this vision of Edith as like, like getting crazier and crazier and being like an early lady Dan Savage with her column. <laughs> it was interesting when they were having the huddle about Marigold with, you know, the Dowager, Rosamund and Edith. And then Cora comes in the room and none of them want to tell her, you know, and she was so left out. And I thought that was so interesting Yep, that the mother is not allowed in this and Cora really is an other. I maybe it is the Americanness. I don't know, but it that that was the scene that most showed me that she is an other and she is not allowed even in the sisterhood of Down. I think I mentioned last week that I had rewatched season one, and one of the most striking differences is that in season one, Cora is so involved in her daughter's lives, and they come to her and they have long talks, and of course she helps get Mister Pamuk back into his room, which is this whole right. Other thing. She was involved there. She was, she's extremely involved in their lives, and it was so striking watching that now being in season five and seeing how completely completely other she really is why is that why do you think that is i mean maybe they're just like as they see robert 
dig his heels in about change and honor and all these things, like maybe they're just really worried that she's going to tell him if they tell her. I don't know. But she kept the secret about Pamuk. She did. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not saying it's fair, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's because if she knows now, then we can't watch some explosive scene where she finds out down the road. (laughs) Yeah, more like like it. (laughs) Right. That is interesting, though. I don't remember season one very much, so that's that's very interesting. Yeah, hmm. striking. Well, speaking of secrets that didn't stay secret for very long, uh, can we talk about Rose's new beau? And uh, he's Jewish, you guys. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I feel like we need to do some... She's just taking in every minority group there is. Yeah, well, it was hard for me to, like, get the impact of that, though, since she already dated a black guy. Like, I had to sort of remind myself that this would also be very controversial. And especially because the reaction of that one Russian dude was so over the top, I feel like the whole thing felt exaggerated somehow. But history shows differently. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't, you can't deny the intense anti-Semitism everywhere. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're in England, which was pretty much supporting Hitler up until the last minute. Um, so it, it really, this it's everywhere, but the, the, the count, I think I referred to him as count anti-Semite in my tweets, um, <laughs> was seemed kind of over the top, but actually like the Russians did not consider Jews real Russians and they were enacting all kinds of laws against them in the late 1800s to kick them out of where they were living and keep them out of universities. And then the pogroms, which were mentioned, were uh, these attacks that were completely sanctioned by the government where Cossacks would come in and, you know, at at best, there would be looting and destruction of property, and at worst, there would be, like, mass murder. And this was going on, um, you know, it was a pretty common, unfortunately, uh, way of life for Jews in, in Ukraine, which is where um, Atticus's family's from, I guess. Yeah, that was a downer. Um, well, that's all hot to Rose. I mean, that's all foreplay. I mean, she... <laughs> it's all foreplay. <laughs> I mean, she wants the downtrodden, the exotic, you know, that's, that's her version of the bad boy. She, she seemed completely unfazed by the fact that he was Jewish, which I thought was, well, considering she was getting ready to marry the, the black band leader from the States, I guess she's pretty open to whatever. But the interesting thing about Atticus Aldridge, who has the greatest name in the world, is that, um, his family, it sounds like they're rich and they're powerful, and his father was just given a lordship nearby somewhere, Lord Sindaby. So um, they're aristocrats. Yeah. Well, then they might be a perfect match for Rose, you know? And, and he's so cute. And when he said, I love cake, I just, <laughs> I just melted. <laughs> He's very cute. And when he asks her so to like come to dinner in London and then he gets this big grin on his face, like he's like a little puppy. He's cute. He's so cute. And you know, Matt Barber, who plays him, he's the actor, um, Masterpiece tweeted out that he was going to do a live tweet during the broadcast. And I retweeted it with the words yummy in capital letters. <laughs> and <laughs> and he favorited it. And I just thought, oh uh... my God. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fan. Yummy is the word of the season because then we had Mary's yummy dress. Mary's uh-huh. yummy dress that she wore at the cocktail party from the fashion show. Yeah. Totally. Also totally awesome. I'm so happy we're finally getting proper cocktail parties. Oh, yeah. Here's my question though. Are they ordering these specific cocktails or are they just taking a cocktail off the tray? A little unclear. Mm. I think they were just, I don't know. I think they might have just been picking one, at least it looked like. Or the waiter could have been delivering things that were ordered. I don't know. Like, are cocktail parties common enough that people are versed in cocktails? Like, they know that they want a specific cocktail? I don't know, but I'm just, I was kind of worried about everybody getting a hangover because they mixed all these liquors. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're worried about? Okay. Okay. I was worried. They can spend all day in bed the next day. They don't have jobs, so. Right. That's true. (laughs) They're fine. That's true. They they do have nowhere to go. I I just want to mention in terms of all the historical stuff of of the Aldrich family, um, our Twitter follower, Hillary, um, linked to a site that basically tore Jillian Fellows apart for getting all of his history wrong, which shouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but, um, the, the pogroms in, in, uh, Odessa that he mentions were those two very important dates that everybody knows, um, were actually kind of minor events and the, the bigger pogroms around that time period were in Warsaw, but it wouldn't have worked with the Russian theme. So anyway, just throwing that out there. Oh, the other reason the count probably hates the Jews is that because the Russians and Ukrainians were so heinous to the Jews, they all became became revolutionary supporters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they all backed the revolution, which is another reason why the Russian nobility might find them unpleasant to be around. But it's just so sad they have those holes in their shoes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still defending Prince Karagin, who seems to, you know, seems to just have accepted his, his fate. And I don't, he doesn't seem like he complains too much it's that other guy he can still be granny's boyfriend that's yeah, fine i think so too yeah well there was a point when he apparently was willing to give up being a matter a member of the aristocracy to run away with her so so romantic yeah, it is romantic did you guys see that picture of maggie smith from the 1960s hot. i saw that oh right. Yeah, she was she was very striking. I I like her movies from back then too. Like it's fun to watch her She'd be very effervescent as a young lady, yeah. like the prime of Miss Jean Brody and stuff like that. So well, next week we get to hear the answer to the biggest question on the show. Are you so? Are you sure that we'll hear next week? Because I'm not so sure. Like Isabel mm. could keep this up her sleeve until next <laughs> Christmas. We don't know. But the. But they discuss goiters. Yeah. Doesn't that mean? Doesn't that mean true love? How could she resist goiters and quarantine? Can you imagine him murmuring sweet nothings to her late at night in bed about goiters? Am I am I the only one who googled pictures of goiters after watching this? <laughs> they're, they're very <laughs> unpleasant looking if you let them get out of hand. There was this hilarious tweet from one of our followers named Gayer Than Thou. <laughs> <laughs> who said <laughs> Lord Merton is pretty Delphy? Oh yeah, which I thought was kind of totally. funny. Delph. So the more we learn about Lord Merton, the more I'm wondering how he produced such an awful son. 
Remember? Yeah. Was his son the one that, like, drugged Tom at some event? Yes. What an asshole. Right. Well, well wasn't his wife pretty terrible? Because yeah. they didn't get along very well. I mean, maybe he's just been trapped in a house of assholes, and he's just so happy to meet an intelligent kind of woman. Yeah. Because his wife, I think, was a piece of work also, as far as I can see. Right. So, Yeah. Oh, please. Well, you know I'm always looking for ways that the Downton storyline can, in, you know, uh, 30 years, become the called the midwife storyline. So <laughs> what if they found a clinic that later becomes part of Nanat- Nanata's house? <laughs> yes. Right? That would be amazing. Like they- Go on. <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, like, they would even, like, hire young sister monica joan to like help run it (laughs) i love it make it happen bbc make it happen (laughs) well and then we also had uh tom and miss bunting's you know kind of sweet farewell conversation where they decided that they would you know just be comrades and move on and i guess it was okay it was sort of weird that it was pouring rain but um, she did look really good. I'll give her that. Yeah, which is kind of shitty. It's like, finally dress her well and then she's leaving. True. Also, why does she have to leave the town? <laughs> well, for a better job offer that she wasn't taking because she wanted Tom to like her, I guess. I don't know why she was acting like that at dinner if she really wanted Tom to like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And I was worried when he grabbed his coat and ran out that he was going to be like, I love you. And I was like, really? Because you get a grimace on your face every time she opens her mouth. Like, that's not love. Yeah. But luckily, it was just a chuck on the shoulder and an I appreciate you, kid. <laughs> so. Yeah. Here's looking at you, kid. Yeah. Yeah. I was really hoping that Miss Bunting would run into Mr. Brooker at the train station and they'd have some kind of meet cute there. <laughs> What was the point of the Miss Bunting storyline, really? It came and went so fast. It just feels like one of these silly. No, it was about Daisy. It was about Daisy. That's true. That's Daisy's true love. Yeah, it was really Daisy's story. Miss Bunting was just a secondary player in in the real storyline here, which is Daisy, who's educating herself and having her consciousness raised because of it. I would have much rather seen Daisy go running out into the rain to say goodbye. Aww. Oh, that would have been so cute. That would have been nicer, actually. Because that was a real love affair, as you say, Shannon. Yes. We have many loves in our lives. And I think that she brought out so much in Daisy that we've seen since, you know, um, what the heck was her stupid fake husband's name? William. Williams. <laughs> Father saying that he wanted her to take over the farm. It's like people have seen in her that she has talent. But she's never really believed in herself to really invest in her mind. And this has been a wonderful journey to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When So when Mrs. Patmore was talking about her inheritance for a second, I was thinking, like, she's going to send Daisy away to school or something. And that she was going to, like, you know, do some sort of right. really altruistic thing. Although I'm glad that uh, she is instead preparing for her own retirement. That's also important. Yes, it is important. And I was pretty impressed by how much agency she had. You know, she's like just 
I'm going to buy a house and here it is and I like it and I have all this whole five-year plan and 10-year plan and <laughs> yeah it was great and uh this whole storyline really uh had several delightful scenes between her and Mrs. Hughes including when they had to like do a little ego stroking on Carson at the end there because they know that he knows nothing <laughs> they can't yeah. tell him that right <laughs> Oh, God. It, just so much of women's life packed into that one. Well, and then poor Thomas, as you put in the notes, he was basically melting. <laughs> no one is. I mean, people are noticing, but no one is like, "What? stop, stop, besides Baxter. If he was serving me food, I would be like, I'm not eating this. <laughs> like, you, you have sweated some sort of terrible disease into my pudding, okay? Well, I thought that we would be told what was going on already, but no, we're like yet another episode um, needs to needs to happen, right? Yeah, you know, it's just Baxter still wanting him to confess what I think we all know it's going to be that he's injecting himself to try to not be gay anymore but I mean it just it, everything this season there's a lot of interesting storylines this season that are just being dragged out for about one episode too long and this one is definitely one of those mm-hmm. I just I'm worried he's gonna collapse I think he's poisoning himself yeah I yeah. really hope this isn't a, about like a long way of killing him off I'm gonna be really pissed if he like goes into some sort of infection shock or something Ugh. right yeah but then we'd have Mosley as assistant butler. <laughs> under butler. The under butler. The under butler. <laughs> Which sounds so gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I never pictured Thomas as a bottom. Mm-mm. No. no. I don't think so. Uh, glad we got that <laughs> yeah. out of the way. We got that. Definitely. Right. Um, so one last thing we have to talk about is the return of a sassy lady who we do like to watch who is Mabel Lane Fox. Oh my god, I love her. I was excited to see that we're going to keep seeing a little bit more of her, even though I'm not entirely sure how Mr. Blake's plan of pissing her off is going to help her get back together with Tony, (laughs) but I guess hopefully we'll see. No, but I like her style. Yeah, totally. She is a total match for Mary in terms of the, you know... Withering comment and side eye. Oh, yeah. She's definitely a better match. I think they're very similar, but in a way where it's like, you are too much like me and therefore I hate you. And they could have a really good showdown. Well, so why does Lord Gilliam like these really strong women if he obviously wants to be in control? That seems at odds with each other. I don't know. He's kind of a weird one, isn't he? And what is Mabel Lane Foxy and Tony? Frankly, now that I see how cool she is, I mean, if it's not for his mad bedroom skills, I, I don't know. He's still good looking. She doesn't know about his bedroom skills. He's still very charming and good looking. You don't think she knows about his bedroom skills? I don't think, I don't think she did it. Mm, that's true, because he would have been such a cad to break off the engagement. Right. right. But I bet I would love to see her and Mary drinking whiskey talking about it. I love it. I, I'd pay for the director's cut of that. Um, so, I mean, the only thing is I, I hope we're going to get more of 
sassy Mary out in the world now single again next week because, you know, she saw this flyer in the preview for some sort of horseback riding event um, and is going to ride in it. And that is just like totally calling back to early season one when they went fox hunting and it was so pretty and great. So um, I'm looking forward to whatever sort of event is happening next uh, next week because I feel like there haven't been enough like events where all the fancy people get together this week this yeah, season it's I just was... been dinners with bunting and I'm ready for more like balls and and things fairs and whatever else the cocktail party was such a tease I thought it was going to be a much bigger thing but we it, it's you know just a couple minutes and it's done which was kind of disappointing so yeah here's to like right. bigger parties and hunting weekends and things don't show them rolling up the rug if we're not going to get to see some like serious action at this party well less cocktails more horses next episode more horses as long as somebody doesn't die in mary's bed i'm all for it (laughs) yeah not a harbinger of of a take two on deathbed so and obviously we're gonna get more rose and atticus which yes great because those cutie patooties. So cute together. I wonder if we'll get to meet his family too, which would be interesting. That would be really cool actually meeting his family and, and uh, seeing what they think of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they might not like that he's not interested in a Jew either. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Cuts both ways. It does. So both of those things would be good. Let's hope that the the affair of Mr. Green is dropped without any further comment, although that's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Oh, and we still have we still have the the gun from Act One, namely Mary's contraceptive device, which is definitely no, gonna get didn't. fired off at some point. Yeah, they'll probably like next week probably the cops will search the cottage or something like that, and then it'll be like double scandal and Bates will be mad about it because he'll of course he'll assume that it's hers and because they're gonna have all of these kids or something it's like I don't know she's not getting any younger if you really want to have kids get on it I don't know have they been trying so I get the impression they've been trying and nothing's happened and but they've been married for years now right yeah it's been a a while yeah well maybe Bates shoots blanks who knows Let's hope. We don't want any we don't want any more baits out in the world. Just speaking truths here. All right. Well, we're going to be looking forward to next week as always. As always. All right, who has a one fabulous thing? I do. Yay. Um, I finally started watching Marvel's Agent Carter and I love it. And it's great for a lot of the similar reasons that the good down storylines are great which is a sassy woman using men's sexism against them so that like their low expectations of her lets her get away with all this stuff under their nose, all of her missions and stuff, and lots of wonderful costumes and wigs, and it's just really fun. I'm really enjoying it. Awesome. Well, I'll segue into a show that also has great costume and wigs, which started up again last week, which is The Americans. I probably talked about last year, but it's an amazing show about Russian spies on FX. And Carrie Russell, who is the lead, who plays Elizabeth, is phenomenal, so layered. It is 
not only a kick-ass show about spies, and it's in the 80s, so the disguises are pretty funny. There may be some mom Jinko jeans involved. <laughs> it's really great. But also the very vulnerable and just layered relationship with her and her husband, uh, Philip, her fellow spy, are, is just the reason to watch. It's so, so good. So check it out. Okay, so my fabulous thing is the Athena Film Festival, which is a great film festival that happens every February in New York City that highlights films uh, by women that have to do with leadership and just general kick-assiness. Um, it's this Thursday, February 5th through Sunday, February 8th at Barnard College. And uh, it's a great festival, very intimate, very fun, easy to get tickets. And um, if any of our listeners live in New York and want to go, just tweet at us because I, Teresa, at Trixie Films, I'm going to be there all weekend. So let us know if you want to come by and we'll do a little Athena Film Festival meetup. Ooh. I'm so jealous. I've been dying to go for years and I think it's an amazing festival. So if you're in New York, you get to meet <laughs> Teresa from renowned podcast Downton Gabby <laughs> <laughs> and get to see kick-ass lady films. I mean, yes. If I didn't live across the country, I'd be there. Tweeted us at Downton Gabby um, if you want more info and we'll definitely work it out. And I'm really excited because I'm going to finally see the movie Beyond the Lights. Oh, oh, so good. It is so good. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited. That's going to be showing Saturday night. And just prior to that, uh, they're giving a big award to Jodie Foster. So maybe I'll get to touch her hem or something. Well, thank you again for listening to Downton Gabby. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Downton Gabby, Twitter at Downton Gabby, and Tumblr at DowntonGabby.tumblr.com. And please join us for our live tweets every Sunday. We have a ton of fun. We want to hear your jokes. As you can hear, sometimes we say some of our favorite tweets on the podcast, so please tweet at us. We love the conversation, and we will see you next week. I want to be the ones who make you happy. I want to be the ones who give you hope. But in these days of consciousness,